You've joined the Digital Transformation Success Podcast. I'm your host, Priscilla McKinney. I consult with leaders around the globe and bring their teams through a digital transformation journey. Realizing digital transformation across an entire organization is key to business success. While the phrase digital transformation is often used, it's not always understood. So we start each episode with my brief working definition. Digital transformation refers to the purposeful integration of digital technology into all areas of a business. It goes beyond technological innovations in that it requires a fundamental mindset shift of how to operate internally and deliver maximum value to customers at scale. When done well, it results in a culture change to an environment where opportunities for digital technology are not missed but are thoughtfully used to change established practices and processes for greater efficiency, flexibility, and profitability. You'll hear from consultants, trainers, executives, innovators, and thought leaders. We will avoid buzzwords, jargon, and leave behind our egos to help you take that next step toward digital transformation success. Let's dive in. I'm so happy to introduce you today to Maggie Fox. She is a global leader of digital marketing. She has experience that she can help you today shed some light on digital transformation. And if you are tuning in and you are very concerned about what your next step is, trust me, you're going to want to listen to this episode. So Maggie, thank you. And welcome to the show. Hey, Priscilla. Thank you so much for inviting me. Very much appreciate it. I'm looking forward to the discussion. Well, I have wanted to talk with you for a long time because we come from the digital marketing world and we probably have felt all of the same pains at some point, but you have led such large teams and then you've led very innovative teams. So I want to hear from your perspective, some of the real, like the breadth of work that you've done in digital transformation and how it's related to digital marketing, which is my love. So we're going to talk (laughs) about some cool stuff. Yeah, we're going to go uh, like to the present now, and then we're going to backtrack a little bit because I think some of your backstory is super interesting to my audience. So right now you're on the board for Smile.io, but for a time you took an initiative and you became the CEO of Smile.io. So tell my audience what Smile.io is and what you were doing, what that switcheroo was all about. Yep, absolutely. And, you know, our C titles get a little garbled sometimes. I was actually chief operating officer Ah, of Smile. Yeah, one of the co-founders, the CEO, and and remains in that role. But yeah, so um, Smile is uh, the world's largest uh, e-commerce loyalty program. Hundreds of millions of people use Smile, collect and use Smile Points. Tens of, I think we're almost 100,000 merchants um, use the software. So it's it's actually kind of one of those great big, huge companies that, that know that is, doesn't have a good, like a strong consumer brand. So people aren't aware of it necessarily because it's often white labeled. So um, anyway, yeah, it's basically the world's largest loyalty program uh, software provider. Uh, and, and so what I did with Smile is I was advising the business uh, and on the board of directors for some time. And the CEO really recognized uh, market opportunity and that it was time to really accelerate what they were doing. And sometimes it can be hard to do that, like do different things with the materials that you already have. So we decided that it would be a good idea for me to jump in there and uh, recruit some really amazing senior leaders for product engineering and uh, human resources, to name just a few, and, uh, and sort of put in place some of the systems that they would need in order to scale. 
Uh, they're growing really quickly and sometimes it's hard to keep up. And, and how do you do all of that running the day-to-day of the business while also seizing sort of future opportunities because the space changes really quickly. So that, that was really the plan. I went in for a year, uh, hired just incredible folks. Uh, you know, we got a ton of things done and, uh, and, and then at a certain point in the fall of this year, it was like, well, mission accomplished, right? You know, the, the purpose was to come in to accelerate and then, and then hand the day-to-day operations back to the CEO uh, which is the current state of affairs. And, and I'm now sit on the board of directors. And actually we had a, a meeting this morning. So smile is very top of mind for me today. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, when you are, you know, dealing with, uh, you know, a software that is helping hundreds of millions of shoppers globally, mm-hmm. that in itself makes you start like seeing stars when you think about digital transformation. So, (laughs) so uh, implementing change and coming in and accelerating things, you know, is one thing, but I want to take a journey back just a little bit to your time um, as the SVP of global digital marketing at SAP. Whoa. I mean, I like, (laughs) I'm telling you this job, you, you, you told me before that this job was loads and loads of fun, that it was a great culture, but I'm telling you, just thinking about being the global head of digital marketing for a firm of over 80,000 people, like makes me want to break out in hives, Maggie. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, the skills, like if you've led teams, the skill set is the same. Like You're it's the same, right. like it's 50 You're... or 500. It, 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 like mm-hmm. it truly, it, you still have to show up and, and, you know, be a, an effective leader. And, yeah. and so it may make you have hives, but you know, at the same time, like it's the, to work at that scale was, was really super fun. Cause you felt yeah. like you're really, I mean, you're always making a difference in some way, but this was like a big difference at, yeah. at a great big company. So yeah, it was a lot of fun. I, I enjoyed the role and I love the people I work with. I mean, that's what makes a job fun. Yeah. I had For sure. I was talking with Greg Sattel, who's written a lot of books about digital transformation. Mm. And he was saying to me that, you know, he's worked at a lot of these larger companies like this. And he says, yeah, at the end of the day, Priscilla, it comes down to one of two things. If the digital transformation isn't going, you know, you either have uh, the wrong people or you have the wrong idea, you know, and I'm like, oh, wait, it's still the same for me as it is for you. It absolutely is. It absolutely, listen, and you, like at the end of the day, also too, it isn't about technology as you, I'm sure you well know, but for those listening, it's not about the technology. It's not like, did we choose the best stack to, you know, to put in place marketing automation or whatever it is that you want to do, whether it's marketing or some other part of the business, it isn't about the technology. It's about getting the people on board, right? Mm-hmm. Getting the folks on board to change the way they work. And, and especially when you look at 80,000 people, the reality is that you know, for example, in, in the case of SAP, I joined the company three weeks later, the board of directors said, oh, hey, Maggie Fox, you're in charge of digital. We're doing these five transformation initiatives. One of them is digital customer experience. You own that. And I was like, oh, okay, then I guess that's what I'll be spending my time on uh, for the next couple of years. But at the end of the day, what you begin to realize, and we talked about this when we were rolling these programs out with internal communications, is that we, the board of directors may say that, let's say in December of a given year, every person in the company is probably not going to interact with that message until probably February or March, right? It takes that long just for it to filter through, trickle down, be repeated enough that it kind of sticks for people. 
And that's one of the things with really big companies that I think is probably different. It's just the necessity of repetition and exceptional communication. Like mm. you just need to, and that's a good thing about big companies is they have all of these channels, particularly internally, you need to use all of them. And then again, and again, and again, and just leverage everything you've got to get that message through in terms of what you're trying to do and why you're trying to do it. And I think that's actually where our team was really, really really brilliant at using the tools mm-hmm. and, and, and actually contributed hugely to the success of the program there. Well, one of the things I hear um, from people who talk about digital transformation that's going wrong is the opposite of that, that they're trying to move digital transformation across the entire organization. It almost feels like they're pulling teeth, yeah. you know, and they're yeah. dragging people into digital transformation or like you just mentioned, or people are like, what? I've never heard of that. Yes. <laughs> what we're doing now, that's an initiative. So, you know, when I, when I hear that, that is, you know, it, it can be very frustrating when you're trying to push an initiative, but there've been a couple of things in leadership that you feel like you learned that helped you identify some of those red flags or helped you see that, you know, coming and, and kind of make a, an adjustment. So I'm a big fan of John P. Cotter's principles of change management, right? And if you, if you look at them, I believe the number is seven. If you look at them, three of the seven are about communication in one way or another, right? Whether it's stakeholder engagement or, you know, um, communicating regularly. And that is just, and, and what I will also say too, that on a much, much smaller scale prior to SAP, I ran a startup called Social Media Group that was the world's first social media consultancy. So we were founded in 2006 and all we ever did was come into organizations, the big boss, often the CEO would be like, hey, we got to figure out this social media thing. And they'd pull us in as consultants to basically tell people they needed to do their job differently, which is super hard because everyone already has a job. They don't want another one. And so we learned pretty quickly how to get traction and how to get kind of that middle layer of folks who are executing to actually get on board and, and watched people not pay, not take our advice as it relates to that and watch programs just stall right out because people are not bought in, right? They're just not on board. So when you see someone trying to pull an initiative forward, probably the problem is that they are themselves trying to pull it forward as opposed to getting a group of people, a group of invested stakeholders, a group of supporters right across the business in multiple levels at multiple degrees of seniority to be supporters and advocates to actually push it forward. So I think, I think like just if you want to continue with the metaphor, if you're pulling digital transformation, you're probably doing it wrong. What you need to do is put in place a communication strategy that brings people on board gets them supporting you, understanding the why, understanding what's in it for them so they can actually push it in every little conversation that you can never be a part of because you have to be able to scale it. So um, TLDR, you got to communicate the hell out of what you're doing and why you're doing it. (laughs) Right. So you mentioned that about, you know, getting buy-in from people. I am curious, um, you know, on a smaller scale, it seems like that might be easier to do, get all the stakeholders in one room, right? Um, You know, or even now with us, you know, it's like virtually, but at a, at a level, like with SAP with 80,000 people, tell me a little bit about how that was different from your, your several different experiences where, you know, it can appear in a larger company mm-hmm. that the decision for digital transformation is coming down from on high. Yeah. <laughs> and this is what you're going to do. And like you said, people already have a job. So therefore, please don't yeah. give me another one. So how do you in a larger organization 
start those pieces out smaller. Who, who have you noticed are those key, maybe not those key players, but key departments that need to be involved? So it, I think it varies, right? Because opposition support pops up in unexpected places. Somebody may listen to your mission, vision, and say, hey, totally support it, totally get it. Someone else may be like, no, disagree. Um, at the end of the, like, there are kind of two things. Well, they're actually, I actually came up with like this list of five things that helped us kind of be successful, but love it. I think let's, hear, you, let's hear the five. You want to hear them? Okay. <laughs> I so, 100%. Okay. So the first one is what are you trying to do? Like, what is the thing? And you have to be able to explain what the thing is. And then when you're tired of explaining it, you need to explain it about a hundred more times. Like, especially with a really large company, the, the need for repetition and patience around that repetition and the need for it is essential. The minute you start getting frustrated that people don't understand what you're trying to do and aren't supporting you, you're done because they don't, they're not frustrated because they are malicious. They're frustrated because they don't understand, which is like sort of the second part of that, which is something we talked about a lot, which was, look, when you walk into a meeting and you have to explain to someone what we're trying to do and why they need to change what they do in order to support it, don't walk in with your fists up because if you walk in with your fists up, that's what you're going to get back. Walk in assuming that they don't understand and that you will take the time and be patient and explain it to them. And that actually very much became a cultural mantra, which was choose ignorance, right? If you have to choose between ignorance and malice, choose ignorance because people are too busy doing their own job to mess with your job. And that's maybe more of a big company thing than anything because big companies can be so political, um, and have factions and groups that, you know, like each other or don't like each other, that there's often this sense of us versus them. And you cannot have an us versus them when you're trying to change something. You have to have a, you just maybe don't get it. So let me, let me take the time to explain it to you. Cause I know you're going to understand and understand the value. And that's personally, as an executive, a lot of what I did was I would sort of at the very highest level, provide air cover and go talk to the president of LATAM and say, look, I know you want this, but you can't have it anymore. And here's why. And just take the time to explain it, which was very effective, effective use of my time. Um, the other thing too, is, is sort of that patience and resilience that, you know, it's not, it's not a sprint by any stretch of the imagination. It is a marathon. And in many cases, all you need to do to get something done is just be like water. Mike, so I'll, and the, I, hopefully I'm, I'm not rambling on here, but, but the one story I do want to tell is my grandfather was a chemist by training and, and by profession. And um, he used to, I was very small and he would say, you know, what's, what can cut, what can dissolve anything? And I'd be like, I don't know, hydrochloric acid, you know, something dramatic and exciting. And he was like, no, it's water. Water is the universal solvent because drip by drip, it carves the Grand Canyon, right? It, it can get literally through anything. And that metaphor was a metaphor we also picked up and used a lot to, to sort of keep team morale up sometimes, you know, when it's felt like we weren't making progress. It's like, look, drip by drip, we just need to outlast opposition, outlast misunderstanding, outlast sometimes maybe outright, you know, lack of support, but just drip by drip. If we just keep dripping, we're going to get through. And that absolutely proved to be the case. Mm -hmm. yeah. I like what you said about, you know, not coming into the room with your dukes up because yeah. this idea of sometimes if you don't really have your patience on and you start, uh, you know, showcasing what you're doing, all you may be doing is alerting the opposition to get going and start fighting. <laughs> 
and that's, that can be too bad because coming in, I think, you know, we, we think about the energy that we're bringing into that room and, you know, really kind of keeping your love and your heart on the change that you want to, to, you know, to see. Yeah, I can, I can honestly say like in the early days uh, at SAP, which is part of the reason that prompted that kind of cultural statement of assume the best intentions ultimately, mm-hmm. right? That's what we talked about was always assume the best intentions in every conversation is because I can remember someone coming storming into my office saying, so-and-so is actively blocking us. They're trying to sabotage us. I remember thinking to myself, you know, so-and-so has their own job. I am pretty sure that they are too busy to be spending all of this time planning how they're going to derail this project. And and so it just became something I felt like, and the team picked up pretty quickly, it was really important to talk about actively. So so we never ever wanted to think about the opposition or that people were against us, that it was a, you know, it was us versus them. We, I really actively worked really hard to make that not okay to talk about it like that, or even to approach it that way. And, and I think that really helped. It just forced people to be patient because they weren't going to go into a meeting and try to use, because often it also what happens is in big companies is, well, the CEO said we need to do X, Y, and Z. I'm just Canadian, so I don't say Z. Um, <laughs> you know, we need to do X, Y, and Z. And, and so we have to do it. And sometimes people will agree. And the other times they smile at you and then they go do whatever they want to do or what they were going to do in the first place. So you, you really can't rely on those hammers, like those big sticks, you, you have to sit down and talk to people and explain to them what it is you're trying to do, why you want to do it, why it's best for the company. Because guess what? We all want this company to do well. And here's one way it's going to happen. You just have to take the time. And the minute I will honestly say the minute myself, anybody, you start to feel frustrated and like, oh, just do it. You're finished. Right. You, you actually cannot indulge maybe privately, but, but never can you indulge in, in that kind of frustration? Because that just the, the, the walls go up and it, you, you know, you're not going to get through them. And that's so yeah. it's very much an, an emotional intelligence game in many respects. Oh, that's really interesting. Well, I, I want to let you say a couple of other things about what you learned there, because I've got mm. a couple of questions about the technology and as it relates to digital marketing, is there something else before I push you on to the next subject? I think you've got a couple of other things you want to share. Yes, exactly. So I gave you the three, which is yeah. what's the thing? You know, uh-huh. ch- choose ignorance assume, yep. or, and or assume the best intentions, act like water, the universal solvent. And then the other two, this, the fourth one is swears. You know, a lot of the time, especially, you know, whether you're someone who has a lot of profile in an industry or you're a senior executive at a big company, people do flutter about, right? They do get kind of excited and, and there's a, you know, a, you know, a lot of, uh, almost hero worship in a way uh, where, it, you know, if you have authority or power, people sort of tend to defer to you. They tend to treat you like you're special, that you know more than everyone else. And um, and I never really was super comfortable with that at all. And and one, one of the things I found really effective, just like bring everybody down to earth and make everyone realize that everybody makes mistakes, obviously me included, was just to like swear like just be myself, right? Like just show up. And I mean, I, I, we would have all hands calls. We do these, we do these monthly calls to update anyone who wanted to listen on, on progress. It was a wide open call. You know, we'd have 400 people on, on some of these calls. And, uh, you know, I think it was like, I have to try not to swear. Like I'm one of them. I was like, I did drop an F-bomb and I was like, well, I'm not sure how, I'm not sure if I'm going to get any complaints about that one later. But what I found is that just when you show up and act like an actual human being who is fallible and, um, you know, human, uh, people relate to you a lot better. 
and they come to you with things that they might not otherwise come to you with. So, so just that notion of like, don't put on the armor, the suit, the, I'm the big, I'm the big important person with all of the power. And I'm just going to tell you what to do. Just, you know, kind of showing up as a member of the team and being yourself um, was really important for us. I think it, I think it helped. And then, and then the final thing was like, as can I swear? Am I yes, allowed to swear? Yes, okay. you're allowed to swear. And, and so the <laughs> final thing was, show. Good, <laughs> good. it's your show. You, that's right. Yeah. That's right. It's your Hell show. Yeah. If you don't like it, don't listen to Priscilla's show. Don't listen show. to this show. Get lost. <laughs> um, the final thing was get the fuck out of the way. Mm. Like as an executive, you, and that's one thing I would say absolutely about SAP. Like I have never worked with a more skilled and talented population of people. Like you sort of look around and the amount of talent in the room was absolutely extraordinary and global talent from the best schools and, you know, the some of the best experienced people I've ever had the, the pleasure of working with, um, it, it attracted just terrific talent, get the fuck out of the way and let them do their job. Mm. Don't get in, don't get in the weeds, make sure they understand where they're going, keep them on track, almost like, a, they're almost like a sheepdog in a way, you're like, whoa, 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 come back, come back, come back, whoa, come back, come back. Um, but you keep them on track, right? Make sure everybody's focused on the right stuff, which is what is the thing. It's the first thing you're supposed to do. And, and then just get out of the way and give them air cover when they need it. But don't don't get in the executional details and just let the good people do their stuff. And I I felt that the power of that. Um, I guess I, I guess we we're about eighteen in months, maybe two years into the transformation, and I was on a call. And I always started the calls off with a repetition of some of these values, right? In terms of assuming the best intentions, etc. Uh, you know, our mission, what it was we were trying to do. We had a nice little succinct sentence. And I was on that call after I did my little intro and I thought, and the da, 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 update from this team, this team, this team, this team. And I thought to myself, you know what? I actually don't need to be here. They don't need me anymore. This thing has got enough momentum. It's got enough support. Um, things are going well. Things are ex- being executed. We're meeting deadlines. All of the right people are in the right places. They don't need me anymore. Um, and it was about, about a year after that, not quite a year after that, that, uh, that I decided to leave SAP because the work was done. Oh my gosh. When, when do we ever hear that story? Nobody ever says that and, 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 and admits and says, look, this is how good of a leader I was in this way. And that I brought up other leaders and I gave clear directions and then we got it done. Yeah, they got it done. They yeah, got it done. Amazing. Yeah. So yeah, it was a great team. I oh, love that team. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I love, love all having... my teams. I love all my teams, <laughs> but, but that team was really special too. Oh, I love happy stories. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about technology because mm. you and I are both in digital marketing. And um, one thing that we do know about digital transformation is it's not about the technology. It's no. about, <laughs> it, you know, yeah. it's about that purposeful, you know, integration of what you're trying to do, whether it's directly for the customer. And I'm sure with smile, oh my gosh, you guys must be thinking all day long about these hundreds of millions of, oh of, of, of customers yeah. who are using this product, right? And so with digital marketing, though, many times I do find that discussions and pet technologies do get in the way. Yes. So what's been your experience there and, and you know, kind of help us flesh out like how you can talk around that and, mm-hmm. and just some of your experience. Mm-hmm. So this is. I feel like this problem is as old as time, you know, in some ways, because in 2006 with social media group, we'd go into a client and what they want to talk about is what, what blog in, in the earliest of early days, what blog software they should use. That was what the, well, should we use WordPress or should we build something custom or whatever, or, you know, what should we use for monitoring software? Uh, you know, at the time, Radiant 6 was uh, brand new, right? Like we were one of the first customers of Radiant 6, um, which uh, of course was a very early pioneer in the space as well. That's what they want to talk about. What software? 
And, and you inevitably had to say, actually, that is not important at all. What is it that you were trying to do? Who, what conversation are you trying to join that exists that is important to you and your business? What do those people want? And, and, and let's, let us work backwards from that to the solution that's the right one. But you first of first, first, first have to figure out what it is you're trying to do. What it is, like if it's in, in the case of, you know, reaching out or connecting with a community or customers, what is it they want? What's of value to them? And how can you deliver that in order to have the credibility to participate in that conversation? And, and, and we'll figure out the software later. Like that, that we'll figure out what our requirements are from a compliance and whatever perspective, who cares? Um, and and it, it really becomes just a reset. And, it, and I don't care whether it's SAP or it's, you know, smile, like maybe, you know, maybe, a, a, you know, in e-commerce, maybe we, you know, loyalty, we decide we, we want to add this feature. Are we sure that the users actually want that feature? Is that, or the merchants want that feature? Is that something they actually want? Or is that something we think they want? So that customer research, that notion of getting the voice of the customer into your business, that's not a new idea. And yet somehow we do have to keep reminding folks that it's not about the software. It's not about the technology. And maybe it's because software companies are just such great marketers (laughs) <laughs> that they, you know what I mean? That it's like, I have a problem. Well, we have the software, um, and, I do but people to... don't fully articulate the problem. Right? right. Right. Yeah. They haven't, they can't get a word in edgewise with the salesperson usually yeah. to articulate the problem. Um, exactly. but I, I do try and remind people, you know, the, the, the telegraph was social media, right? <laughs> Come on. You know, this technology is not stopped. It's not going to yeah. stop. And we still need to, um, you know, come up with initiatives that is, that are moving our company forward in a way of coming back home to who are we serving? Who's that ideal customer and, and what are they saying and what, what pains can we solve? And can we solve it better than anyone else? Maybe we can, if we can't, maybe we should start partnering with someone else in order to get that solved. Yeah. And I had a really great boss guy by the name of Jonathan Becker, who actually hired me on SAP and he's now the, um, he was chief marketing officer there. Now he's the, actually of all things, the president of the San Jose Sharks. And um, so Jonathan and I have kept in touch over the years and I, he said something to me early, early days at SAP and he used to say it to our team a lot uh, that I've never forgotten, which is, are we focusing on activities? Like, look at all the things we're doing. Oh, we're busy. We're busy. We're doing this and this and this, and we've got this software and that and this technology and we're putting this in place and da, da. or are we focused on outcomes, which is what is it that we are trying to do? What is it are we, we are trying to accomplish? Are we accomplishing that? I don't really care how we get there. But are we, and he was like that. He would say, I don't really need this detail. What I want to understand is what we are trying to do and whether we are actually doing that. Mm. And I think that's also a great framing mechanism to like really question. Sometimes when you get into execution, it's like, what are those guys doing over there? You know, I, I see you checking a lot of boxes. Yes. Oh, your status reports are all green. Huzzah. But, you know. Like, where's, where are we moving the needle? Like, are we making it easy for it with SAP was like, are we making it easier to do business Hmm. with us online? Right. right. Yes or no? Well, I want to ask you a a question that I think really only you could answer in terms of your unique experiences with this in a very small startup, this in a very large, you know, global Mm. firm, and then even smile being a very large, but like you said, relatively unknown to Mm -hmm. the, to the consumer. It's a very white labeled uh, type of product. And obviously in the B2B, anybody who really works in e-commerce knows who smile. Oh yeah. Yeah. I would imagine they do. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, for sure. But um, I think it's interesting. So um, one big question I have for you is 
kind of what that boss at SAP was getting at is that if we don't pay attention, we will be complacent and we will get our lunch eaten mm-hmm. is really what is possible. Now, of course yeah. you have these, you know, you, you have these, uh, you know, this desire to do the right job and everything else, but we all know that companies get very large. They get very unfocused on the consumer. Mm-hmm. That voice of a consumer voice of the consumer is not loud and clear yep. and they're off, you know, doing their interesting green light status reports and lo yep. and behold, the disruptor yep. comes up and takes the whole piece of the pie, you know, and then goes, you know what, in, on second thought, I'll take the whole pie. Yeah, eventually over time. <laughs> eventually, yep. eventually yep. right. So I would love to hear this from you, from the perspective, from being in, at very different, you know, um, sizes of those kinds of companies. What do you think it is that is different inside the culture of companies that can, of course, nothing's going to safeguard them completely, but we do talk about digital transformation is eventually affecting a culture change so that we all are still looking at the right things and not getting completely, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, navel gazing. Yeah. So, so if, if I understand the question correctly, it's sort of like, how do you, how do you not turn into the big behemoth that falls over yes under the weight of its own powerpoint right (laughs) and and you know i think about this a lot because you know you you could look at ibm well there's a there's an mess i mean ibm's sap um software integration systems integration uh consulting group is bigger than sap right like ibm is absolutely enormous and that it's a company that's reinvented itself several times and looks like it needs to do that again and it's, it's managed to remain relevant. But then I think to myself, like, is it frankly just inevitable that a company gets to a certain scale and size and they just lose the ability to, to move quickly on the right things? Because loads of people are doing loads of things, but mostly not the right thing or mostly not high value things, right? They're very focused on activities. Look at all the things. We're busy. We're busy. Look at all the things we're doing. And, and inevitably, they end up measuring the wrong stuff, I believe, or just get so lost, they lose their focus to the point where they're really not moving forward anymore. They're just kind of moving sideways. Um, And even like, hey, Google, right? Google is now a 20-year-old company. Um, They don't, they don't move that fast. Like we've, I've had interactions with with Google. It's like, you are not very speedy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, whereas a smaller company can make decisions really quickly. And and like, I just think to myself, it's such a good, uh, this is something I have no answer. But I have contemplated this, the, your question myself as well, which is, is it inevitable that a company just gets to a certain size and like the, the connections just are so loose that you just, you know, you slow down, you just can't react to market conditions. And then, but then I think to myself, well, where you do see it maybe work a little better are really product focused, product led companies. Um, where let's say the founder, CEO, or at least some senior leader is a product person, right? So the product is really at the center of the business and decisions are made about what to do with the business based on what the users want, right? And based on making the product more and more simple all the time. And two companies, I think that over time have done that really well. And I, I don't remember his name, the founder's name, he's Finnish. The, the, there are two founders of Skype, Right. And of course, Skype was sold to Microsoft. But initially, that was an incredible, simple product that solved a very, very, very big problem, which was long distance rates were astronomical. Well, they've now gone on to found another company called was called TransferWise, but now it's called Wise, which is International Payments. 
Um, I use this product recently for the first time. It is a thing of beauty. Like it is absolutely gorgeous. I got set up and I paid a bill in 45 minutes. Wow. And one of their competitors, three days later, I was still waiting for my account to be verified. So I canceled that account and, and, and went with Wise. So you see companies like that, where even in a relatively new space, they are out competing and out maneuvering companies of similar age. I believe because there's such a strong focus on making a beautiful product that really works. But once you get into 15 different products or hundred or 4,500 different products, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's hard to maintain that. Anyway, that was a very rambling answer. I don't know the answer, but, <laughs> but I think about it a lot and I, I don't, I, part of me wonders if it's just inevitable. It's just the cycle. It's a cycle yeah, of life. Yeah. Well, I think Malcolm Gladwell would say it is because, yeah. uh, you know, just the way that we organize ourselves as people and how we connect it, there is a, a, a number that just cannot be managed. Yeah. Um, but I do like what you have to say about the product. And I think the reason that it is, if I can bring back something you brought up earlier, is it's because people who are product focused stay as close as possible to the voice of the consumer. Right. So there's no that's not magic, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's just that they it's discipline. They, yes, yes. And they, they can see a way forward there because everybody has an opinion about what you should add to the shopping cart, what you should add to this checkout feature. Everybody has oh, an opinion about talk it. Talk to a product manager. It's like, okay, <laughs> thanks for all the suggestions. Yeah. 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 But you know, the question is, is this what that the customer wants? And also, even if the product is better, and I think all these product people know that making the product better is not always the solution either, because mm-hmm. you have to really understand behavior behavior as it relates to change and as it relates to digital transformation and as it relates to just, you know, just non-conscious consumer behavior, right? You know, and they don't, trends, they don't, they don't always want to change something, even if Mm -hmm. it's better. Mm -hmm. And so I think there has to be a real desire to stay very close to the voice of the consumer. But I do like what you're saying is that there also is really a discipline of staying there. Mm -hmm. There is. And it's so so easy to lose your way because every, and the thing, this is one of the things I, I actually personally find quite difficult in life is that everyone has a goddamn opinion. <laughs> it's like everybody has an opinion. And yeah. it's like, you know, I remember seeing this quote once and I could never find the attribution for it. And it was along the lines, it was on a beer glass and it said, <laughs> um, a man is no more entitled to an opinion for which he cannot account than a glass of beer for which he cannot pay. And I thought, you know, I want to put that on my forehead. I'm going to tattoo that on my, well, maybe that's a little, that's maybe just that's punishing myself, but you know what I'm saying? And it's, yeah. and, a, and that's one of the big challenges too, is that you absolutely mm-hmm. have these people who have incredible product intuition mm-hmm. up to a point Right. when your product gets mature and complex at a certain point, you have to get really, really, really serious about data. You have to get yeah. really serious about user data. Mm-hmm. And you also have to remember what Henry Ford said, which was, you know, if he'd only listened to the consumer, he would have just given them a faster horse, right? right. Like there's people don't know what they need sometimes, which is of course why you see product innovation, but um, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. I mean, we're, we're diving deep now into like software development, but <laughs> that and tattoos. So I feel and like tattoos, this is, apparently. I feel like this yes. is going the right direction, <laughs> right? Yes, exactly. Of That's is. what this was about. <laughs> well, Maggie, what's next for you? I mean, are you, are you, um, you know, looking for a new challenge? I mean, you've got a lot on your plate with other consulting and with, uh, being on the board at smile, there's always something going on, but mm. you know, I, I kind of curious things like, do you have a book in you or, 
you know, like what, what's next for Maggie Fox? So I do a lot of volunteering. Um, mm-hmm. and I am actually a vice chair of a, a charitable organization in Canada called the Heart and Stroke Foundation. Uh, and we are the, essentially the American Heart Association, same idea. So, um, I'm going to be chairing, uh, that board, uh, nationally in 2023, which is a very big responsibility. And for what, you know, for which I'm very grateful heart and stroke is like, uh, one of the largest funders of healthcare research, um, in the country, uh, second only by the federal government. So it's a, it's a big and important, um, organization with a terrific mission to make people healthier. So I do spend a lot of time on that, but the sort of commercial thing that I'm working on now is I'm actually working on an e-commerce startup. Um, it's, it's more of a category, it's more category creation, uh, in a space. I'm not going to get into too much detail because we're only about three months in and being a better, we'll be launching probably in about another three to four months. Um, but it's, uh, it's, it's just something I got really interested in. I've gone going very deep into a very particular vertical in a way that hasn't been done before. And, um, I'm just really interested to see what it looks like. So it's, it is a hundred percent of marketing play. I'm not making anything. I'm purchasing products and, and marketing them in a very particular way, a very particular product. So, um, I'll be curious. I'll be curious to see how it goes. It's a fun little experiment and, um, you know, just a, a way of getting deeper into the e-commerce space and, and yeah. understanding it from a bit of a different angle. So um, oh, it's yeah. kind of fun. I'm enjoying yeah, it. it is. It's been you a while just, since I've started something up. Yeah. You keep doing things from completely different angles and that's mm-hmm. super fun, but I so appreciate you taking your time and just sharing your expertise with my audience. And I, I hope that people have taken a deep breath and going, it's not just me. <laughs> oh my God. No, <laughs> like, no, no. Like, we're all just doing the best we can <laughs> hang in there. This, this yeah. change, this change is really hard, but Maggie, yeah. thank you so much. And please reach out to Maggie on uh, LinkedIn. Uh, super easy. Maggie, M-A-G-G-I-E Fox. It really is just F-O-X. It's very easy. <laughs> so you can reach her on LinkedIn. Um, but uh, best of luck to you in this new endeavor. We definitely have you back on and, and hear your story and, and help a bit with the launch too. It'll be very oh. interesting to hear what else is going on in e-commerce and in my little digital marketing space. Yeah. Well, I'll have lots to talk about with marketing. So we're going to use new, all, all the new channels in a really effective way. So I, I'll, I will be learning a lot, but I would be delighted to share. Awesome. Thanks so much from all of us here at Little Bird Marketing and Digital Transformation. Success. Have a great day. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.